Welcome to Puritan's Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 12 of The Almost Christian Discovered by Matthew Mead. Brother Mead is talking about eight different kinds of counterfeit zeal. We're on number two. Number two, there is a partial zeal. In one thing, fire hot, in another, key cold. Zealous in this thing, and yet careless in another. Many are first-table Christians, zealous in the duties of the first table, and yet neglectful of the second. Thus the Pharisees were zealous in their corban, and yet unnatural to their parents, suffering them to starve and perish. Others are mindful of the second table, but neglectful of the first, more for righteousness among men than for holiness towards God. But now, he whose religion ends with the first table or begins with the second is a fool in his profession, for he is but almost a Christian. The woman who was for dividing the child was not the true mother, and he who is for dividing the commands is not a true believer. Jehu was zealous against Ahab's house, but not so against Jeroboam's calves. Many are zealous against sin of opinion, who yet use no zeal against the sins of their conversation. Now, we know that the sweat of the whole body is a sign of health, but the sweat of some one part only shows a distemper, and therefore physicians physicians reckon such a heat to be symptomatic. So, where zeal reaches to every command of God alike, there is a sign of a sound constitution of soul, But where it is partial, where a man is hot in one part and cold in another, this is symptomatic of some inward spiritual distemper. Number three. There is a misplaced zeal fixed upon unsuitable and disproportionate objects. Many are very zealous in trifling things that are not worth it, and trifling in the things that most require it, like the Pharisees, who were diligent tithers of mint, anise, and cumin, but neglected the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. They had no zeal for these, though they were very hot for the other, Many are more zealous for a ceremony than for the substance of religion, more zealous for bowing at the name of Jesus than for conformity to the life of Jesus, more zealous for a holy vestment 
than for a holy life. More zealous for the inventions of men than for the institutions of Christ. This is a superstitious zeal and usually found in men unconverted in whom grace never was wrought. Against such men, heathens will rise up in judgment. When was it that Paul was so exceeding zealous of the traditions of his fathers, as he said, only when he was in his wretched and unconverted state, as you may see in the next verses. But when it pleased God to call me by his grace, then I conferred not with flesh and blood. Paul had another kind of zeal then, actuated by other kinds of principles. Number four, there is a selfish zeal that has a man's own end for its motive. Jehu was very zealous, but it was not so much for God as for the kingdom, not so much in obedience to the command as in design to step into the throne. And therefore, God threatens to punish him for that very thing he commands him to do. I will avenge the blood of Jezreel upon the house of Jehu. Because he shed blood to gratify his lust, not to obey God. So, Simeon and Levi pretended great zeal for circumcision. They seemed very zealous for the honor of God's ordinances when, in truth, their zeal was covetousness and revenge upon the Shechemites. Number five, there is an outside zeal. Such was that of scribes and Pharisees. They would not eat with unwashed hands, but yet would live in unseen sins. They would wash the cup often, but the heart seldom. Paint the outside, but neglect the inside. Jehu was a mighty outside reformer, but he reformed nothing within, for he had a base heart under it all. Jehu took no heed to walk in the law of the Lord with all his heart. Though his fleece was fair, his liver was rotten. Our Lord Christ observed of the Pharisees, they pray to be seen of men and fast so that they may appear to men to fast. Number six, there is a forensic zeal that runs out upon others, like the candle in the lantern that sends all the heat out at the top, or as the lewd woman Solomon mentions, whose feet abide not in her own house. Many are hot and high against the sins of others, and yet cannot see the same in themselves. Like the Lamier that put on their spectacles when they went abroad, but pulled them off within doors. It is easy to see faults in others and hard to see them in ourselves. Jehu was zealous against Baal 
and his priests, because that was Ahab's sin, but not against the calves of Bethel, because that was his own sin. This zeal is the true character of a hypocrite. His own garden is overrun with weeds while he is busy in looking over his neighbor's pail. Number seven, there is a sinful zeal. All the former may be called sinful from some defect, but this I call sinful in a more special notion because it is against the life and chief of religion. It is a zeal against zeal that flies not at profaneness, but at the very power of godliness, not at error, but at truth, and is most hot against the most spiritual and most important truths of the times. Whence else are the sufferings of men for the truth, but from the spirit of zeal against the truth? This may be called a devilish zeal. For as there is the faith of devils, so there is the zeal of devils. Therefore, his rage is great because he knows his time is short. Number eight, there is a scriptureless zeal that is not butted and bounded by the word, but by some base and low end. Such was Saul's zeal when God bid him destroy Amalek and spare neither man nor beast when, contrary to God's command, he spared the best of the sheep and oxen under pretense of zeal for God's sacrifice. Another time when he had no such command, then he slew the Gibeonites in zeal to the children of Israel and Judah. Many a man's zeal is greater than and there when and where he has the least warrant from God. The true spirit of zeal is bounded by scripture, for it is for God and the concerns of his glory. God has no glory from that zeal which has no scripture warrant. Now then, if the zeal of a man in the things of God may be only a blind zeal, a partial zeal, a misplaced zeal, a selfish zeal, an outside zeal, a forensic zeal, a sinful zeal, or a scriptureless zeal, then it is evident that a man may be very zealous in the matters of religion and yet be but almost a Christian. Section 12. A man may be much in prayer. He may pray often and pray much and yet be but almost a Christian. So did the Pharisees whom yet our Lord Christ rejected for hypocrites. Objection. But is not a praying frame an argument of a sincere heart? Are not the saints of God called the generation of them 
that seek the face of God? Answer. A man is not therefore a Christian because he is much in prayer. I grant that those prayers that are from the workings and signs of God's Spirit in us, from our sincere hearts lifted up to God, from a sense of our own emptiness and God's infinite fullness, that are suited to God's will, the great rule of prayer, that are for spiritual things more than temporal, that are accompanied with faith and dependence. Such prayers speak a man altogether, a Christian. But now a man may be much in prayer and yet be a stranger to such prayer as number one. Nature may put a man upon prayer for it is a part of natural worship. It may put a child of God upon prayer. So did Christ. He went and fell upon his face and prayed, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. This was a prayer of Christ which flowed from his own sinless strugglings of nature, seeking its own preservation. Number two, a man may pray in pretense for a covering to some sin. So did those devout Pharisees. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayer. Therefore ye shall receive the greater damnation. So the papists seem very devout to pray a rich man's soul out of purgatory. But it is to cheat the heir of much of his estate under pretense of paying for his father's soul. This concludes episode 12 of The Almost Christian Discovered by Matthew Mead.